Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Rutgers ScoutCast, a Rutgers football and athletic podcast on the Scout Network. Also available in iTunes and on Stitcher for your iPhone and Android devices. Now, it is the off-season for Rutgers football, but there's never a lack of news, so we do have a fun discussion coming up, talking on a few news topics, a new big commitment, and some other interesting conversation pieces as we get closer to Big Ten Media Day and the start of training camp, the start of some real football in Piscataway. We normally record the show in the New Brunswick Tech Corridor, but I'm recording today from the home of Kobe Marfo, Alexandria, Virginia, in my uh, last couple days off before we really, really gear up. But before I left for Virginia for a few days, I met up with Brian, and I also met up with the newest member of our staff, Garrett, because I thought this would be the best way to introduce you guys to him and you can get to know him a little bit. So we'll have conversations with both of them in the body of the show. Brian Doan, Scout National Recruiting Analyst, joins us just a few days after he red-eyed home from the opening where he saw some of the top remaining prospects on the Rutgers board. Rutgers now with 20 commitments. There's only a couple spaces left, so you can have a little fun targeting those top targets, and that's what I expect to see from Rutgers moving closer to National Signing Day. We are also going to start off talking about the newest commitment, Union's Mike Tverdov, a Rutgers legacy. As you know, his brother was a team captain for Greg Schiano during the 2008 season, and I know that they're really excited to have another Tverdov in the program. So without further ado, let's jump into the news and a couple topics that we're going to hit on this week. Here's Brian. Brian, as the Rutgers coaches return from vacation and start gearing up for Big Ten Media Day and some recruiting and the start of training camp, they were greeted with some pretty good news at the Hale Center, and that's a commitment from the top defensive end in New Jersey, Union High School's Mike Tverdov. Yeah, I think this is always how it was going to end up. Mike was going to take some more time, but you start realizing that schools will tell you one thing, they do another. You know, It's like watching recruiting. You watch what a recruit does, not what he says a lot of times. And all these schools were telling him, we like you, we like you, but it was Rutgers who was constantly in touch, constantly reaching out to him, constantly saying, hey, when are you going to commit? We want you in our class. We need you in our class. Good job by the staff of, of staying on it and not pressuring him and letting him make his own mind up, but also giving him the understanding of, hey, slots aren't going to be there the whole time. So good job, and he's a kid that, good player. It's not a great year for defensive ends in the state of New Jersey. Good player with a good ceiling. I think he's a kid that comes in and, you know, you're going to redshirt him, get him some more weight stronger in the lower body and you can hopefully get two years as a starter maybe three years depending on how he develops yeah Mike this didn't necessarily happen on Tverdov's ideal time frame but it was close enough he told me when I spoke to him about a month ago that he was gonna he was thinking about silently committing probably to Rutgers sometime this summer and then making an announcement about it probably when he got back to training camp because he wanted to do something special with his school. Now, I mean, as you guys saw, he was able to do something a little special with it anyway, which that's really all that these kids care about at the end is they want something memorable. 
I remember the first time I saw him, I watched his film when I found out he was camping at Rutgers, I guess maybe three years ago, going into his sophomore year, and I said, this kid's tiny, what's the deal here? Like, I, I didn't really see much in him, but then I remembered how tiny his brother was before he came to Rutgers, and he somehow magically sprouted into a 265-pound nose tackle. So I think that Tverdov, who's already gotten a lot bigger over the last 12 months, as normal teenagers do, will continue to do so in the Rutgers weight program. Yeah, and Tverdov is taller. Mike's tall. I mean, he's a legit 6'3". Um, and he'll work hard. He's a good citizen. This is where he's supposed to end up. It's, it's an in-state kid that if, you were, if he was in Maryland... You would think it was a must-get for Maryland, and maybe he'd be a regional recruit, and I think it's the same thing. And that's not to downplay him, it's just that, you know, he, he's got a great, great motor. Uh, you want to see him get a little more explosive, he'll get better with his hands. Just a solid player, and while everybody wants the superstars all the time, there's nothing wrong with getting a solid player. I think the most important thing now is that Rutgers has at least partially addressed every single need in the recruiting class now. Defensive end was the last struggle. Uh, defensive tackle was kind of a struggle too, and they still need more at those positions, but at least they have something committed now to where they can pressure other targets, they can explore the best available kids, and don't necessarily have to worry about position anymore unless they want to bring in a kicker or punter in this class. Brian here, starting off the news. Welcome back to lovely New Jersey after your time at the opening where you got us a ton of coverage on all the Rutgers targets. I hope people appreciated that on-site reporting. I'm sure they appreciated it. Yeah. because They're very appreciative people. It is. No complaints, no criticisms, just thanks for for the coverage. Uh, Two and a half Rutgers names out there. Uh, I considered Singleton a half because that's a quite the uphill battle for Rutgers, but two, two from South Jersey, Harrison Hand and Marquise Bell, Rutgers very much in the race. What'd you learn from watching them at the opening type environment? We previewed it on last week's podcast. Now we're going to uh, recap what you saw. Drew Singleton's better than I thought, at least covering in space and moving a lot better, got a lot bigger. Marquise Bell uh, played safety and will wind up being a safety or linebacker. And Harrison Hand played safety, and you could tell he's really not played safety, but I learned how tough he is because I thought he was done after the first day when he just, I, I thought he popped his hamstring. He, could, he went down in the middle of a 40, could barely walk, and the next day was out there trying to compete. Um, I think he's a cornerback right now, but could play safety. So I, I learned that from watching him play from a recruiting standpoint. I learned that Rutgers is going to have to fight for all three of them. Singleton, I think you're right, he's an uphill battle. He loves Alabama, he loves Clemson, he loves Michigan. Now, he loves Rutgers, too, because it's his hometown school or home state school, but you could tell that twinkle in his eye when he talks about Clemson, Alabama, and Michigan. Um, You never say never. His dad, who didn't make the trip but I was texting with, is supportive of Rutgers, would not mind seeing his son go to Rutgers, but will not influence the decision. Marquise Bell, Clemson is a real player in this one because he went down with his coach and loved it there, and he plans on taking an official. 
Michigan is a place that he really likes. And he's going out to Friday Night Lights for Ohio State. And if you're Rutgers fans, you better pay attention that night and the next day. Because if he goes out there and loves it, get ready for the squeeze. Now, his grandmother's not going with him. But get ready for the squeeze. Because Ohio State is not, if they really want him, is not going to let him leave campus without committing. And then I, I looked at Harrison Hand, and he's Rutgers of Virginia Tech right now. Other schools aren't on him, and he and his family, I, I spoke with his mom and his cousin were both out there. I spoke with them a few times, and there is no doubt that they are going to sit and wait to see what other offers come up. Now, things change in recruiting, you know that, but he loves Virginia Tech, he calls him DBU, and he likes Rutgers a lot, but he hasn't been down to Tech, he wants to go see it, but I think Rutgers is in for a real fight there, Virginia Tech is recruiting him really well, and Rutgers is recruiting him well too, but I also think he's a kid that may wait and see what happens, take official visits, and he's going to be one of those, if, let's put it this way, if he wasn't an in-state kid, I don't know how patient Rutgers would be with him, but he's a really good player, you know, good size, runs a 4-4-0, legit, not this hand-time 4-4-0, runs it legit, so for me, um, I think it's a real battle for Hand and Bell. I think it says a lot about Hand. Now, I recently, in I think the Q&A I did the other day, said I right now think he's going to go to Virginia Tech, but the interesting thing here is that Last year at this time, probably would have been talking about Virginia Tech versus Temple for this kid. Now Temple, they're still in the conversation, but they're not really coming up, and I think that that shows some of the strides that Rutgers has made with all the staff changes in the offseason and staff changes at Temple and how all of that's going. I think Rutgers has done a better job pushing Temple out of New Jersey for kids it actually wants. Well, yeah, and it's exactly what we thought would happen. Last year was different because you had somebody at Rutgers who had relationships with kids who went to Temple. And it was all this uncertainty at Rutgers, so you went with what was familiar. Now the playing field is level, and, you know, it's funny. Urban Meyer tells kids all the time. I remember there was a kid in Maryland who was looking at Ohio State, Kentucky, and Vanderbilt. And Urban Meyer called them and said, we don't recruit against Kentucky and Vanderbilt. You have 24 hours to decide kid committed. Fast forward to now, and Rutgers running satellite camps with Temple and Ohio State. And if you think Rutgers recruits against Ohio State, you're nuts, right? They just don't. Now, Marquise Bell, yeah, one kid. You're always going to have one or two kids in a class who recruit against schools. You You don't recruit against Ohio State. But the other part of it is, with Temple being in a satellite camp, they don't recruit against Temple either. And that's the way it should be. I mean, your Power Five, Big Ten, Temple's done a great job. Matt Rule's done an amazing job there. But, you know, you don't compete against Temple. And Chris Ash isn't competing against Temple. There's still plenty of good programs for Temple to go get kids from. So that's not an issue. So you look at it from that standpoint, and it's, it's nice to see if you're a Rutgers fan that if you lose a kid to Virginia Tech, you lose a kid to Virginia Tech. Good program you're not losing a kid to a program that makes you say, are you kidding me? And in the past, I mean, you can go down, I 
mean, Chappelle Cook. I mean, you just go. I don't feel like going down the list. You can at some point. <coughs> oh. Sean Chandler, oh. uh, Linwood Crump, Sean uh, Ty- Ch- Tyree Rogers. Uh, well, Rogers did wind up going to Tech, so that's okay. But but he was uh, Temple for a very long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, the Sean Chandler one's classic. Rutgers wouldn't offer, wouldn't offer, wouldn't offer. A week, two weeks before signing day. They're, oh, we're going to go after him, who's a Temple commit, after they blow him off, show up at his front door, knock on the door, he opens it, and, and he's like, no, I'm not talking to you, closes it, and just leaves the coach sitting there on the steps. I mean, those days are over, so that's good. Brian, one of the big parts of the Chris Ash plan here, continuing the news, was the weight room renovation. That was really his first focus in securing fundraising from donors was to improve the weight room and turn it into something that's really Big Ten caliber. That process now should be pretty much done by the time these players go to training camp. They had a fun little time down in the dungeon in their makeshift weight room in the bowels of High Point Solution Stadium. You mean the media work room? Bowels of High Point Solution Stadium? Yeah. I mean, dungeon? It, 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 trust me, from the hours that I spent there, it is a very dungeon-like feel. And I would hope that they got done as much work as I got done in that dungeon over the last year. I hope so, and hopefully theirs will be good. Um, But the weight room is really interesting to me because I remember Chris Ash showing me around in February of what he wanted to do and kind of make it a fun little hangout place where, you know, they're going to have a recruiting station in the weight room where the recruits can come and watch presentations on TV screens. But you look at what has gone on since Ash has been there, and it's really interesting because everybody is used to players talking, oh, facilities are great, facilities are great, back to the Shiano days. And then you realize that Rutgers hadn't done anything with its facilities in a decade and the track that ran through the middle of the weight room while everybody thought at the time was revolutionary and look how great it is you can run a 40 in the weight room and it's true you could the truth of the matter is the track had sunk there was a lip on it there were those rubber pellets everywhere around the weight room because the rubber pellets get tracked everywhere and my point is that you needed to upgrade it because so many other schools had caught up and passed Rutgers in that regard. And you're not going to win a recruit because of your weight room, but it's another positive experience that you're going to have when a kid comes in there and he works out. So I think it was vital, and I think it was really important. It's time to make the Rutgers weight room great again. (laughs) Um, it's, uh, It's important, obviously, because you want to take advantage of all the technological advances that have taken place in the last... 10 years of strength and conditioning. There are things in the fitness world now that people wouldn't have even considered in 2005, 2004. So obviously you want to grow with the times and and part of Chris Ash's success, if you look at the last couple schools that he's been, those are schools that have some money. And money means good facilities. So he's able to build on that. He's able to grow. He brought in a guy from Ohio State that played at Florida. You can bet that Kenny Parker is used to better weight room conditions than what he came in at at Rutgers originally. Now they can build, and I always go back to the whole idea of the Ash plan. It's not necessarily the, the things within the plan that I like. 
I just like that he's getting done what he wanted to get done. You set a goal and you accomplish it, and that's always a good sign for a program. Yeah, you mentioned Kenny Parker, which I think is a really important aspect of the strength and conditioning program. It doesn't matter how many bells and whistles you have. Do you have that guy that can drive the players, change their bodies, make them bigger, stronger, more flexible, all that stuff? And, you know, the early returns are they are making them bigger and stronger. During the 7-on-7, seven seven, I was able to talk to, you know, a couple of the current players are there. I'm not going to say who they are because then people hit the roof that work there. But they came over to set high, and you could see how much their body has changed in six months. And I said, well, how is it? He said, hey, working six days a week. And you can tell it took him back a little bit, working six days. I said, oh, is that different? He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, we're working a lot harder and there's a lot more of it now than there were was in years past. And it gets back to my point. The bells and whistles of the weight room are great. You need it to compete, and they really show kids what your commitment is to the program. At the end of the day, though, you need a strength and conditioning coach that if you needed to pick up a car axle and use that as a workout, you could do that too, and you need to have a strength and conditioning coach who will drive players and, and a head coach who will make sure there's accountability if you're missing workouts and, and all that stuff. And I think you have all that stuff in place, so it should melt together nicely. Without going into too much detail, the accountability is already there when it comes to workouts and potentially missing them. Multiple players have already suffered the wrath of the new Rutgers staff in missing and being late to workouts, which is totally normal in most programs being held accountable. So it's good to see that here. My concern or my question will be, are they being pushed too hard to the point where they're gassed and risk injury in the season? I don't know until I see it, but the track record of Kenny Parker is pretty good. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, Chris Ash and Kenny Parker have been at some elite places, so they know how to push it and and keep going and, and what they should be doing. The question is, Will they have the energy once the season starts? Will the players have it? Well, I mean, will the players be good enough is what it's going to come down to. And will there and, be enough depth when those injuries inevitably happen? Yeah, and and the answer is no. Because if they were that good, then Rutgers would be one of the better teams in the Big Ten. So it's going to take time. And there's going to need to be patience with it. But this is how you set the tone. Welcome to the weekly Rutgers mailbag segment here on the ScoutCast. Contact me at Sam Hellman Scout on Twitter, shellman at scout.com, or the best way to reach me is through the premium message boards where, Brian, I got a personal message question. I, you, I, don't, I don't understand why you don't give out your cell phone on this stuff. Uh, enough people have my number to where I've had to take full advantage of the iPhone block function already. It's, Can you show me how to do that for when you call me? Yeah. <laughs> For sure. I, I could think of a few other scout people that you want to block on that as well. The on-topic question came from a premium subscriber asking, I guess in reaction to the Big Ten announcement of who they're bringing to Media Day, who would we bring to Big Ten Media Day if we're Rutgers? If we're Rutgers, who would we bring, or who would we want to bring as people that cover Rutgers? Well, I, I would answer both ways because it's a very different answer. If it's Rutgers... Um, and who do they want you to bring? You know, who Rutgers wants to bring? Well, Darius Hamilton yeah. and Julian Penix. Because, and, and you you bring two or three? How many you do you want? three. It's the two of them and Andre Patton are going. Yeah, I mean, you bring Darius. Yeah, I mean, 
that makes complete sense to me. It is perfect. And other than Andre Patton, I would have brought Dorian Miller instead. Um, but you're not going to get anything good. I mean, that's yes. What, that's what Rutgers wants. We're going to try hard. Coach Ash has changed the culture. Um, we're going to surprise people. No, it doesn't matter where we were picked. We know what our goals are. We're not worried about our record. We're worried about getting better. Um, there's been great changes in the program. Now, that's what you're going to get. Those are my three that Rutgers would want to bring. You can give your three, and then we'll go back and, and give our who we really want brought. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, first off, I think that the Rutgers choices, they're not choices that are going to get them any national media exposure. Now, I, I can criticize them for that, but Chris Ash has already proven that he really doesn't care that much about media exposure with the way he handled spring practice, with the way he made players available. He doesn't care. I mean, obviously he wants people saying nice things about his program, but he really doesn't care that much, and he picked three guys that aren't going to get him in trouble. Darius Hamilton is an obvious pick. My concern there is he's already been there twice, so all, all the non-Rutgers beat people aren't going to care about talking to him a third time. The most interesting thing he said over the last two years at this thing was that he likes One Direction. And that, of anything, is what got traction. I do know he likes butterflies, too, from seeing him play in high school. He, he's, a, he's a character. Now, I, I think that uh, JPO and Hamilton are obvious choices. Offensively, from a Rutgers perspective, I, I probably would have brought Robert Martin. I think he's another kid that speaks well and speaks a lot without saying much. And he, at least, is going to be someone that has a lot of focus on him this year because Andre Patton, I don't know how much production they're going to get out of him and an offensive lineman. You bring three linemen to an event, you're almost screaming to the media to ignore you. As much as I like linemen, most don't. I agree. And who are your three that you are that you would bring? Okay. Well, I'm bringing Chris Laviano because he's the starting quarterback and the starting quarterback is someone that needs to be in the spotlight no matter what. I, I'm bringing Chris Laviano. I don't... <laughs> think that would be very pretty from a Rutgers perspective, but I want to talk to him because I haven't been able to talk to him in four months now after he blew off the spring game. Uh, same with Janarian Grant. He's the he's the centerpiece of this offense in terms of touches. He's a lot of fun. He has fun hair. He's electric. He hasn't been allowed to do interviews pretty much since Chris Ash took over, so I want to talk to him. I hope I get a chance to talk to him at some point this year. And for some defensive representation... I'll go with Anthony Chaffee. I think he'd be a lot of fun. I, I think that the national folks would both get a kick out of and make fun of him for being so Italian. He's a senior. He's one of the best playmakers on defense. And as an alternate, I'm bringing Chris Muller just so I could talk wrestling for a few hours. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. First guy I'm bringing is Isaiah Wharton because I think he's an important player in this defense. He's a fun kid to talk to. And I think he'll give you some honest answers. Be nice about it, but he'll give you some honest answers. I'm bringing Chris Laviano because he's the starting quarterback. He will be absolutely horrific in his answers. And it will make people say, what's the personality of this offense? Or it could actually loosen up Laviano to where it's like, you know what? I'm going to embrace this. I'm going to have fun. Because, you know... Laviano with the media and Laviano with his teammates are two different people. Um, I want to bring those two. And my third guy that I'm bringing 
you know, I, I've thought a lot about it. I'm bringing Robert Martin because, for better or for worse, he's probably your best playmaker on offense. And he's certainly the most proven playmaker. Yeah, on offense. and so you look at him, you say, yeah, I'm, I'm curious about, you know, what he thinks of the offensive line, the change in offense and the style, and I want to get his perspective on what, where he sees the program, because Martin was always a kid that worked really hard in high school, always a fun kid to deal with, um, good interview, and I think he gives some good perspective on where things stand. And then my alternate would be Kamoko Ture, because I want to find out what his mindset is and how hard he's working and where he is in coming back from this injury and how much it impacted him of not really... Play, being able to lift last year because of his shoulder injury. Um, I, I want to see where his mindset is. Is the one guy who has gobs of talent, but when is that talent going to be expressed in performance? So that's that's my alternate. And then I'd ask him about Brock Lesnar just to appease you and your wrestling side. Yeah, big win at UFC 200. Can't wait to see him at the Barclays Center. You know, if you're a Scout Premium member, you can get 15% off tickets to uh, SummerSlam or any Rutgers event, so check that out. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get my cheap plug in there. Brian... Uh, I thought it was a cheap pop. No, nah, that's Mick Foley. <laughs> uh, getting ready, uh, going off topic here, question was, uh, Rutgers is a Coke school now. No more Pepsi on campus. What do you think? Oh, good, good. <laughs> Glad it's a soda question. Yes. Coca-Cola, I should with, say. With the history of last season, I want to make sure it's a soda question. Yes, now a Coca-Cola pe- uh, school, not a PepsiCo school. What do you think? Um, I'm happy about that, I guess. I don't really drink soda, but I do drink Coca-Cola and Pepsi products, and I enjoy both. But, I mean, does it affect the grease trucks? I mean, that's all I care about. Does it um, affect Sodexo? I yeah. hope it affects Sodexo. You know how much we love uh, Sodexo. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, it, it, shoot, that's our off-topic one yeah. for the week? I'm sure it's good business for Rutgers. You know, I'm sure that they took the better business. Well, I'm not sure, but I would hope that they took the better business deal of the two and they're making money off of it. And beyond well, it's that, the new Rutgers, so you, yeah, there's a chance of that. Yeah. Beyond that, I, I really it, don't care. Special guest this week gets Garrett's debut. Garrett, who joined the staff about a month ago to start writing for us. You've seen his recruiting content already, and he'll really start to get more involved with the site once uh, training camp starts up, once Big Ten Media Day starts up. I guess, Garrett, my first question for you as fans get to know you is how the hell do you say your last name and who are you? Uh, So contrary to popular belief, it is not Steven as many times as I've been called that throughout sports and throughout my life. It is Stepien. Uh, I'm about to be a senior this year at Rutgers. I was a the sports editor at the Daily Targum, covered the football team there, so got a decent background with it, and I'm excited to, you know, get formally introduced here and get going. Yeah, I, as someone that also worked at the Targum, I always tell younger people, get out while you can. You get your <laughs> early experience there. You learn how newspapers work, which really aren't as important as it used to be with newsrooms. You learn as much as you can, and then by the time you're a senior, it's time to go find a job. It seems like that's what you're doing. So for everyone listening out there, if you want to hire Garrett full-time, feel free to reach out to him. But he'll be with us at least until December covering stuff. Uh, What are you looking forward to about doing this, Garrett? I mean, I had... 
the experience doing it with the Targum, which was you know a big workload. I'm sure you did did much of the same. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the different spin on it, kind of you know. Yeah. So I mean, I obviously covered Rutgers under the Daily Targum, kind of on my own, uh, with not much experience outside of covering covering other Rutgers sports. And the way what I'm looking forward to most is obviously with Scout, it's a lot different in terms of you know following your your direction on the beat you've covered it with scout and then also covering the recruiting side of it as well during the season so i'm definitely looking forward to uh, both sides of that yeah it's a different it's different than what you do at the targum for sure but it's more fun but it's also a little more hectic mm-hmm. at the targum you have your you know four to eleven o'clock business hours and here it's whenever the phone rings you got to answer so that's always fun to get used to it i'm excited because we now have a rutgers student on board and i'm too old now to pretend that I can still offer a student's perspective. I, I graduated six years ago now almost, so I'm officially too old to pretend that I still have the vibe of the students, but you, however, actually do. What is your take on campus right now? Like, Do people care about this team at all? Are they going to show up this year? Do they actually know who Chris Ash is yet? I think they might care too much right now. I've never really seen it like this. Um, definitely a lot more... Ch- a lot more buzz than there ever was even during season with Kyle Flood, understandably so with Chris Ash. Uh, I have a lot of friends on campus that are coming up to me about, you know, recruiting news because uh, of everything that's been going on with the new staff. They're a lot, they're very surprised. They've been, you know, engaged with the new staff because of, you know, the efforts from Hobbs and Ash to uh, connect that branch between, you know, the the administration and the community so definitely a lot more excitement on campus i can only imagine what it's going to be like in the fall don't know if they'll fill up the seats before kickoff necessarily <laughs> but uh definitely a lot more buzz going on all right with the amount of noon games this season no chance in hell as vince mcmahon would say I, i'm surprised to hear you say that because it's just there really hasn't been a lot of passion from the students here in a while but at the same time i guess you know, Pat Hobbs and Chris Ash got off to the right start with them and the town halls and all that stuff. Uh, the students got to see more of spring than, frankly, a lot of media members and more than, you know, donors that are given five, six figures every year. So, I mean, students do have a reason to be excited, and I guess part of that is social media. You, it's a lot easier to follow recruiting now. You don't have to sign up for a premium site just to learn who the recruits are. Of course, we still encourage you to do that, and you're, you know you get so much more information when you're signed up to these sites. But for a student, you can just go on Twitter and find out when someone commits and that he's a four-star kid, and it's a lot easier to get excited. Close every interview, and I guess this technically is our interview for the week. I close every interview with the same three Rutgers-related questions. So my first question to you is, who's your favorite Rutgers athlete of all time? Ooh. I'm going to have to go with... Quincy Doobie, just because when I was, you know, when I was growing up, obviously grew, grew up a Rutgers fan, that obviously changed. From Woodbridge, right? Yeah, from Woodbridge, 15 minutes up the road on Route 1. Obviously that changed after I started covering Rutgers athletics. You, you lose that side pretty quickly. Um, but Doobie was just this guy who, even if I wasn't a Rutgers fan, just the way that he played the game, you know, I grew up as an athlete, very skinny, you know, kind of underweight, but a competitor. And Doobie was just kind of the same guy, and he would just, you know, chuck up threes. When I was playing basketball growing up, I used to think that I was him. So just kind of how he approached the game and, you know, against the bigger teams of the Big East and, you know, kind of that dog mentality that he had, I really, really bought into that. 
two weeks in a row with a Quincy Doobie reference on the podcast. <laughs> Forgot uh, about Dave White. Yeah, the old school fans out there are going to be loving it. Uh, <laughs> the second question, what's your favorite memory when you think Rutgers, Rutgers Athletics? What, what comes to mind for you first? I think that you can't really go anywhere else than 2006 in Piscataway. Uh, Chris Carlin's call, Pandemonium in Piscataway, Rutgers, Louisville. I was, think I was like 11 years old at that point, and just the way that things turned from that point on obviously changed Rutgers athletics forever because, uh, as we all know, football drives a bus. And, you know, for the program to get that much recognition on that level, and just in, in, just in general terms, a football game being that great um, was definitely one that comes to mind and still going on 11 years now. I still remember it was like, like it was yesterday, so that's definitely at the top. Shockingly, the guy interning at SNY with a cheap shout-out to Chris Carlin on the podcast. Uh, last question, if you get one more meal at Rutgers on the Rutgers campus, what are you eating? Oh, Hansel. It's not even Hansel, and I'm getting a buffalo chicken crisp because that's – I think that's all I've ever gotten from Hansel, actually, besides, like, the buffalo wedges. Um, pretty basic. If it's not broke, don't break it. Uh, don't fix it. And uh, I'm sure – Anyone else would agree with that, with, with Hansel. Can't go wrong. Yeah. Uh, when you interviewed for this spot, that's what you ordered. So no surprise that that's what you answer with. Thanks, Garrett. Thanks. Another Rutgers Scoutcast is in the books on this Friday. I hope everyone enjoyed the episode and the discussion. I think that the weight room discussion is really a lot bigger than just the weight room because it's a sign of progress and it's a sign of setting a goal and then accomplishing that goal. And it's not always something we've seen at Rutgers. A lot of times when you set a goal, you then follow it up by making excuses when you can't get it done. And I don't think that that's going to fly in this Pat Hobbs rendition of Rutgers. Before I sign off for this week, I'd also like to offer my congratulations to Ryan Dunleavy, who's joined the team over at NJ.com. Ryan, I'm sure you guys have followed him for a while. He's a Rutgers grad. He's a Daily Targum guy just like myself, and he's transitioned from the Gannett family where you've gotten to know him over the last couple years into a new job working at NJ.com, teaming up with Keith Sargent on the Rutgers beat. I know he's going to do a good job, and hopefully we'll get him on the show soon. I'm sure that we'll be spending way too much time together when it gets to Big Ten Media Day, and we've got a lot of time to kill while we're out there. So again, congrats to Ryan, and congrats to all of you for listening to another episode of the Rutgers Scoutcast. It's my honor to have you as listeners every week. As always, you can contact me on social media or via email as helmet at scout.com with anything about the podcast. And as always, I request that you take a minute to give us a review in iTunes or on Stitcher to help spread the show. Uh, Every week we're setting new records for listeners, so I appreciate the help that you guys have given so far in terms of expanding the audience. Let's keep that going because the best way to build this and build a stronger Rutgers fan base is to get more people involved, and that's what I'm all about. We're pretty close to the start of training camp, about three weeks away now, and if you want to get ready, make sure you check out my Ash Era Countdown series on the site. We're going in-depth every day looking at something different about the program, something a little inside. You know, unlike a lot of places, I, I'm, I'm there every day. I see this team. I'm always out there showing my face, talking to people. And so I like to try and bring that perspective to all of you. 
that countdown series is a premium series on Scarlet Report. So to those subscribers listening, I hope you enjoy it. If you are not a subscriber, why not become one? Uh, check out ScarletReport.com and try our free seven-day trial, no strings attached. If you'd like to uh, check us out, uh, feel free to reach out to me or reach out to any Scarlet Report fans to find out what it's like. I highly recommend it. If you shoot me an email and reference this podcast, we're going to use the uh, super secret code word, code phrase rather. If you shoot me a message with the code phrase surf taco in honor of the surf taco that's coming to Rutgers next month, I'll uh, hook you up with a little bit better of a free trial. So that's enough of the plugs. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. Um, Sam Hellman, Scarlet Report publisher. Thanks for listening.